and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Well, it's certainly good to be here. I love coming home. For those of you who don't know, I am Paul and I'm originally from this church and Maybe that's why I'm so nervous whenever I get to preach. Why are you doing that to me? Come on, be easy. Be gentle on me. Yeah, you all know me. I'm a pretty simple guy, straightforward guy. Like Natalie rightly said, you know what? I, I just love Jesus, and I love the people of Jesus. And all my messages go about those two things. Fall deeper in love, and then touch other people because of that love. And this morning's no different. I sound like a broken record, but it's God's record I'm playing. So I hope you listen this morning. Um, I was doing a message at the Freedom Road Rally. Um, so is Max and Samia, they would have heard a part of this. Okay, good. So I, I could have lied. Man, uh, I wouldn't do that though. And it was called on Step Out. Uh, it was called Step Out, on school, called On Step Out. And when I spoke to Ramon and he was talk, talking about, you know, the theme you're going on, next steps, I thought, wow, man, that just fits so nicely. And then so I thought to use that message, but the closer I got to Gateng, the more God was changing the message. So we slept over at Gerib Dam. I didn't sleep much. I was working on changing um, last night, working on changing. As soon as I put the light off, Another thought comes, and I put that in, and praying this morning, another thought comes, and put that in. So you get in the Holy Spirit this morning. That's the bottom line, okay? And I just want to apologize up front for those of you who don't know me. This is the only voice I've got, okay? You'll get used to it. So just putting that out there. So what is it about taking steps? What is it about the next step? And I believe everyone in life should be stepping. And, I mean, life is a series of steps. And as soon as you stop moving, you start dying, okay? So if anyone next to you smells, it's because they're not moving. You're allowed to lean over and and just check if they're still alive. Because I believe the following. Jesus didn't only come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Isn't that the truth? And because we're alive, we should be advancing. We should be going from glory to glory. We should be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. It is a continual process of change, of being changed and applying that change in our lives. And Jesus has chosen you to be an agent of change. And as a believer, if you're not stepping forward, if you're not moving ahead, you're not being obedient to the call of God. He needs you to be alive and to be making an impact. For all the people over 40, you'd remember this. If you're under 30, you know, you missed the good music. Under 40, you missed the 80s. That was like 70s, 80s had the best music. And there was a band back then called Talking Heads. And you would think with that name it will be a bunch of women. But it was... (laughs) It was three guys and a girl. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But um, they sang the song on the road to nowhere. Now listen here. 
I can hardly speak, so I'm not going to attempt to sing it. But I went, are we on the road? To, I, oh, whoa, sorry. We're on the road to nowhere. And what a lot of rubbish. We're on the road to somewhere. We've got a destination. God has got a place for us. We're moving towards something. But along the road, you know what's happening. As you move, you're coming across people. Most of them you ignore. Most of them we walk by. And you were God's plan for that person's life. You were God's plan A. And you just moved along. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. I don't care if I'm the only one there. You know, all these other people, shame. And this is how we generally live our life out as believers, not really making the impact we're supposed to. Now, my wife got this watch as part of a Vodacom deal, because I don't normally wear watches, and um, it measures steps. And when it reaches 10,000 steps, I mean, who would set a crazy target like that? It goes off and it says, well done. And it's also got the ability to make me feel really guilty when I haven't reached those steps. Um, an inanimate object can make you feel guilty. Would you ever think that? But I can reach my goal every single day. I can reach my steps. It doesn't mean I've gone anywhere, though. And it's the same with us in church. You can be a believer. It doesn't mean you're going anywhere. You can go to church. You can go to life group. But you're not reaching the potential God has placed in you. You're making all the correct steps, doing the right things, mostly. But you're not touching God's people, which is God's heart. And as, as the body of Christ, we need to realize we are on a journey with God. And you're either on a journey with God, or you're on a journey away from God, or you were on a journey with God, but you've set up camp and you're happy just being saved. Those are your options. And I don't know too many people that are on the journey with God. Once we get saved, we sort of get complacent and pitch a little tent there. Hallelujah, heaven awaits. And we're happy about that. But there's more to life than just being saved, surely. If Jesus came to make us alive, why aren't we showing that life to others? And I admit on my journey, man, I've made a lot of mistakes. And I've failed God on so many times. Because this is a realization that's dawning on me as I progress in my relationship with Christ. Just how important I am to God's plan. And how important you are. And I've missed it. And I've sort of thought back and I've viewed myself as a failure in some aspects. But then I've also realized that God may recognize my failures. But he never ever sees me as a failure. And it's the same with you. If you've missed this opportunity, don't get guilty and beat yourself up now. God realizes you failed in a couple of ways. But he doesn't see you as a failure. He still sees your potential to impact a lost and a broken world. And he still expects that of you. The problem we got is we don't step forward. And when we do step forward, we haven't stepped up first into his arms before into the world. You see, we are on a road to somewhere, but it starts with this relationship before that one. And we've got to get that part right. And then we, we, we teach people in churches, keep the faith, keep the faith. Are you keeping the faith? Okay, thank you. 
I value your input, brother. Are you keeping the faith? Well, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be sharing the faith. And we just pe tell people, keep faith, have faith, but not go share the faith. That's the application of the word and the love of Christ. It's sharing what you have received. It always amazes me. I must just check the time. I love coming to Midrand because they give me three hours to preach. I'm not joking. I'm time conscious. You know, when, when, when I read about the nation of Israel, and um, it astounds me how much the nation of Israel portrays a life in Christ or the life of a church. Whatever they went through, we go through as individuals and we go through as the body of Christ. We just don't look deep enough often. And as you know, Israel was captive in Egypt. God dramatically rescues them from and sets them on a journey with a goal. Okay? The goal is the promised land. Okay? But he first wants to give them a couple of, of, of instructions on how to help them reach the promised land. And once they're there, to be the people he destined them to be. So while they're camping at Mount Sinai, God calls the nation up the mountain. Okay? He called them all. He says, come join me. I want to speak to you. The nation is in fear. So they send Moses up. Don't ever let anyone do what God has asked you to do. And God is asking you, come up the mountain. Don't send someone else. Don't say it's the pastor's job. Don't say it's the evangelist. Don't say it's this one or that one. It's your job to go up the mountain. You can't give that responsibility away. The nation gave the responsibility away. And because of that, ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years. Because they were disobedient to God. Moses comes down and he starts explaining all the statutes and the commandments and all of these things, and then they embark on their 40-year surgeon through the desert. Do you know how many times in that 40 years they stopped moving and they set up camp continuously from one place to the next We'll just camp here, see what God does. I'm sick of camping here. I'm going to move a little bit on and see what happens there. And this is how it went for 40 years. And I want to tell you this morning, if you're sitting here and you've set up camp, God's come to set you free this morning. He's pulling up your tent pegs and he's telling you this morning, it's time to move. We're going to new places. We're going to the promised land. We're not going to set up camp again. Today, I want to speak to you, and I want you to pack up. In fact, throw your tent away. You're not going to need it anymore. We're going to be where you always should have been, and that is with me in the promised land. So, I've lost my place, which happens often. They end up camping, 40 years moving, going around in circles. You know how many times they went around the same mountain? Crazy. Not as crazy as you might think, because we're doing the same, continually. And then you bump your head and, oh, forgive me, Father, I'm sorry. And not long ago, you're doing the same thing, going around the same mountain. You're like the Israelite nation. But 40 years passes, 
And none of them ever seemed to grow in Christ. None of them ever seemed to mature. On the surface, it all looks good like it does in many of our lives because we come to church and we've got our hands raised in worship. We can even say a hallelujah. We greet brothers and sisters with love. Okay, now we do the corona shuffle. But deep down, what's happening? Deep down, where's the maturity in Christ? Deep down, are you touching other people actually? Or are you only concerned about your salvation? So they end up camping again. And Moses says, all right, we got rid of all the disobedient. They've now fallen by the wayside. They stopped moving and they started dying off. We're now ready to enter the promised land. And he starts going through this whole list, all the laws, 600 and I don't know how many, man, moeilike goed. Okay? You'll have to edit out the Afrikaans. So, um, not because we don't like Afrikaans. I love Afrikaans because there's overseas listeners. Um, we have to do it at our church as well because I always go to, I'm English, but I go over to Afrikaans because I love the language. But okay, that was besides the point. We'll take up an offering for that part now. Um, so, he comes with this whole list, law upon law upon law. And Jesus must have realized when he came down, man, if I tell the people coming afterwards all those laws, they're going to fail. I'll make it simple. So I'm going to tell them, love the Lord your God and love his people and be my witnesses and go and make disciples. He says they should be able to get those four right at least. So all those laws are summed up in those four things. Be witnesses, make disciples, touch others, and love God as the pinnacle because everything flows from there. So we pick up in Deuteronomy 6, 23 to 24. And I know some of you thought I'm never going to use a scripture. Here it comes. But he brought us out from there to bring us in, to give us the land that he promised on oath to our forefathers. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper. So Moses gives all these laws, and he ends that part with this. He brought you out. And he's brought every single person out here, or he's busy bringing you out from your past, from who you were, into who you should be, which is a son and a daughter of the Most High God, sold out to him, on fire for the Messiah, touching the nation, being faithful, not living in fear. He brought us out of our past and all of these things to be something in the future. But now that you've been brought out, that's not the end of the journey. It's the beginning. That's where it starts, saying, Yah, I am Lord. That's the beginning. Why do we set up camp there? We're missing the life in Christ, the life that Jesus died for. God brought you out because he wants to lead you in to something better. Do you think where you are now, that's it? No. There's more. There's always more. Do you think God is happy? with his people being lukewarm, being like most of us are, and I'm including myself here, do you think he's happy? Do you think, man, I wish there was a little bit more life in my people. Why are they camping again? And for some of you, 
do you think it's really worth living a life of hell so that one day you might appreciate heaven a little bit more? It's not worth it. You'll never reach heaven living a life of hell. It says that we may prosper. That's why we were brought out, that we may prosper spiritually, not material riches. We can become spiritually mature, and a spiritual mature person naturally does what God lays on his heart, and that is to develop this relationship and work on that one. That is the spiritual maturity, so that you may prosper. And when you prosper, when you mature, it rolls over to other people, and they get touched, and they get brought out and brought in, because you now mature, and you're doing what God has asked of you. When last have you touched anyone for Christ? Given a cup of coffee. We view as the ultimate form of evangelism. What a lie. Evangelism is sharing the heart of Christ with that person, bringing them to a confrontation of the truth in love, being an example to them. You see, there's a promised land. That's our destination. And you know what the promised land is filled with? All types of people from all types of backgrounds, all types of culture, a people who once were lost but now are found. That is the promised land. It is a land filled with people in love with Jesus. And God is asking you, help me fill that land. Help me. I'm counting on you. I'm asking you. I've equipped you. I've, I've given everything to you. Help me fill the promised land that you now reside in. We've got to bring other people because there's still lots of space here. It's not full. There's more space than you can imagine. But to do that, first of all, you need to decide this morning, I'm following Jesus. I'm not happy being camped out in the desert anymore. I'm not happy out there. I want to be where the Lord is. You need to know that if you decide to follow Jesus, it's not boring. It's the most exciting form of life you can have. But it's also going to cost you. Because Jesus followed the Lord. He followed God and God's instructions. And it was a sacrificial following and you're going to have to give up a little bit of yourself. Give up some of your finances, some of your time, some of your whatever. You're going to have a lot of time now because there's no more sport on TV. Go and touch people. Utilize what God, what the world intended for bad and use it for good. Use the TV time. I suppose most of you Blue Bull supporters will have a prayer service afterwards for you. But if they're not playing... Go touch someone. Just because Loftus is empty doesn't mean your heart must be. Go and touch people. Utilize the time. And once you've made that decision of obedience to actually follow Jesus and do what his word asks, your obedience will bring blessing in your own life. But then you've got to take territory for the king and you've got to resist the temptations that will come against you. Because it's not easy. It's not easy. It's difficult. But if you decide to stay where you are, I've got to warn you this morning, your disobedience comes at a cost. Not only does it cost you something, but disobedience actually makes you feel guilty. And guilty people always find other guilty people and hang around with them. And then you get worse and worse and worse. 
You become who you're hanging around with. And if you're feeling guilty, you'll go look for those. Because guilty people don't enjoy the blessings of the Lord. And I said it's a difficult journey. But man, what a blessing that journey is. And in order to help us through this journey, God gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the fire from heaven. And that fire is never, ever going to go out. It was lit 2,000 years ago. It's still burning as brightly with as much power. We just don't take hold of it. So it gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us so we can use discernment, so we can be empowered, we can have boldness. We can touch people. We can lay hands on people for healing. Do it from a distance now. Okay? We shouldn't joke about, sorry, that's a serious issue. The problem with the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit remains powerful in your life. But if you don't use it, you seem to think it fades away. Still there, you just got to reach in and draw it out again. It's always burning brightly, but you can become stale and you can come, become bored and you can become a Sunday Christian. You can become all of those things, but you still got the fire of God in you. You still got what you need. All we need to do is reignite it a bit, fan those flames a bit. And I hope this morning your fans are being flamed and you're going to go out and you're going to make a difference. And if they ever invite me back, all the chairs would have been packed out and all the chairs will be full because you've been doing what God is asking you to do as a believer, touching his people. Isaiah sums it up so nicely in Isaiah 6, verse 5 to 8. And this is Isaiah speaking. Then I said, my destruction is sealed, for I am a sinful man and a member of a sinful race. Yet I have seen the king the Lord Almighty. And when you see the King, everything changes. When you spend time with the King, it changes even more. But you've got to see the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew over the altar, and he picked up a burning coal with a pair of tongs. That's the Holy Spirit that's coming to touch you. He touched my lips with it, and he said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, your sins are forgiven. Why do you think they touched the lips? Because you're supposed to be using them to share God's love. You're supposed to be telling people about why you're so happy, although this morning you don't quite look happy. But what this is saying is your past is removed, but you're given a mandate, okay? As soon as the Holy Spirit touches you, you are empowered and you're given a mandate, you're given a job to do, and this is it. Then I heard the Lord asking, Yo. I will. Sorry, but I get emotional with this one. So I was called into full-time ministry on this verse. We are said, Yeah, I am, Lord. Send me. And I only realized now, I was sent all along. I didn't need a platform. I was given a life, and I should have made it count way before I was called to full-time ministry. You are, as a believer, in full-time ministry. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to my people? Who will go for us? 
And I said, Lord, I'll go. Send me. And what a journey. That was the start of the journey. And it won't end until I lay my head down one day. I want to die doing God's work. I want to die touching God's people because I've been called by a king who died for me so that I can give life to others through him that is in me. See, it's nothing to do with me. It's him. And I want to go where he sends me. In order to be sent there, you've got to step up and you've got to step out. You can't just come here on a Sunday. You've got to step out of here. You've got to be changing lives. You've got to understand, people, there are three fundamental truths that today I want to leave with you. One is we're on a journey. Israel was God's chosen people. They decided to set up camp. Only when they decided to obey and move did they receive the benefits of being the chosen of Israel and you are of God and you are God's chosen. You are the priesthood of believers. He called you with a purpose. You can still be saved, but not living the way God wanted you to. And not being in that spiritual intimacy with him that he requires of you. The second truth, we are not there yet. Like those kids in the back of the car, are we there yet? And I will hear like clap. When you asked that two minutes ago, we are not there yet. We haven't arrived. Being saved is a milestone. It is not the completion of the journey. We're still on that journey. You as a church, we, uh, we as a church, you as an individual need to keep moving. We can't become complacent and set up camp. And then this is the third one and the most important. God's heart is for the lost. We think we come to church and we hear messages for churchy people. We should be mes hearing messages for those who aren't in Christ yet. But we come, oh, all they do is talk about salvation. Yes, because people need to be saved. I'm not getting any food. Well, you're a big boy and girl now. Feed yourself. You can't be a baby Christian and come young, get fed the whole time. You're supposed to be mature and walking out your salvation and feeding yourself. You come here to celebrate God and what he's doing and how he's touching people. And you're part of that. You see, when you understand God's heart is for the lost and you go look at his instructions aligned with us. Go make disciples. Be my witnesses. You look at the stories Jesus told about the the, the, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son. All of these things are giving us the heart of God, the heart of God for lost people. And we've lost that because we've now been found. You were once the sheep. You were once the coin. There's so many other sheep out there, so many other coins, so many prodigal sons and daughters. And God is asking you, go touch my people. Let's follow Jesus Let's just simply do that and follow Jesus. You see, he lived the truth because he had spent time with God. And he knew he was God's plan A. And I'm telling you today, you are God's plan A. There is no plan B. It's you. And you better step up to the plate. I can't say that. That sounds so unloving. But I say it in love. Step up or step out because you're in the way and we've got people to save and we've got a God to serve.
But do come back next week, because maybe next week's message will touch you. (laughs) The problem is, believers are probably the saddest people I know. They never smile. You never see the joy. They are not positive people. I mean, I'm positive, and I love people. I also have down moments. I'm not like this all the time, okay? but generally I am, but I'm a positive person. I know all of you looking at me and seeing this morning, oh, he's bald. You are so negative. I've got an inverted Mohican. There's things to be happy about in life. There's a joy to be had, and there's a love to share. But it comes from a place of joy because you know you are in Christ. Be positive, people. Jesus didn't come to only die for us. He came to show us how we should live. And we're not imitating that really well. We have moments of brilliance where we do touch someone. But one every ten years... Come on. I know you get goose flesh when you put up your hands in praise and worship and all of these, but man, heaven celebrates when one person is led to the Lord. The whole of heaven is filled with goose flesh and you're worried about a moment in worship. Worship is bringing other people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate form of worship. That's how you can serve your God, by touching other people. But Jesus came, and he looked at this lost and this broken, and he was moved with compassion, not compromise. And we might have compassion for the lost and the broken, but we compromise it then by making excuses. Jesus never made excuses. He simply did what needed to be done. He came to change things. He came to set captives free. And change disturbs mediocrity. Change disturbs mediocrity. You can't decide today I'm going to change because the mediocre life you might have been living up to now is going to be fundamentally challenged and changed. And then you've got to realize, man, what did I say yes to? Is there anybody here? This morning, anybody who does not want to change, you bunch of suckers, you just sold out to Jesus because now he's going to ask you. You said you don't want to change. That means you want to change, and I'm changing you this morning. Now you've got to step up, and then you're going to step out because you said, I don't want to be who I was. I want to be better. I want to be different. Sorry, I pounced that one on you like that, but I knew I'd catch you all. You see, he brought us out to bring us in, to give us an inkling of what heaven experiences when someone enters the promised land. Man, I'm excited for where you're going as a church, and Ramon and Nats and Veronica and myself have got such a good relationship, and we talk future, I know what the plans that this church has for you, and I'm excited. But then you've got to become part of the church's plans and ask yourself the question, what is your next step? And I see the you fell off this morning during praise and worship. Did someone put it back? Because it's all about you. What is your next step? You, what are you going to do? 
What are you going to do for the kingdom? How are you going to change? God never built the church for us to be holed up inside of a building. I love the church, but the church has got to gather so the church can go. Because you come out to be fed, and you go out and you go feed the sheep. That's why he asked um, Peter or John, I can't remember, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Three times, do you get this? Go feed the sheep. You come for food, you go and you give what you got. You can't go out empty. So you've got to come in here expectant. You've got to come in here. I want what these people are offering me this morning because I realize what they are giving comes from God. And if it comes from God, it must be good for me. And we've got to go. And we've got to touch the world. In order to do that, three fundamental steps. Number one, develop your closeness with God. Develop your closeness with God. This is where it all starts. If that is not there, nothing will work in your life. We've got to be working at it. It is not a Sunday thing. It's life. It's a life in Christ. It's not only about reading your Bible. Read your Bible. We have to. It's not only about praying. Pray. We have to. It's spending time in the presence of God. It is seeking God's things and trying to be a better version of myself tomorrow than what I was today because I've been with a king. Secondly, develop your character. Man, you've got to deal with what's holding you back. Christians, believers need to develop our character. Now how I challenged myself on this? I applied part of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And I asked myself, if God's kingdom had to come right now, what's he going to find in me? And whatever he found that is not of him, that's what I need to deal with in my life. This is a big thing, people. You've got to pray it like that and say, God, before your kingdom comes, I need to be ready for that kingdom. Show me what is in me, because we've all got our things. We've all got our things. What is it that develops or prevents me from being developed in character and portraying the face of Christ to a lost and a broken world? What am I doing behind closed doors? What am I doing in my thoughts? What is in my heart? Your character is extremely important. You can be the most anointed person, but if your character cannot carry your anointing, you're bound to fall at some stage and destroy a whole lot of people with you. This is important. And then lastly, develop your calling. Do you realize this morning? You answered a call by saying yes to Jesus. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, I pray today's that day. But as soon as you answered that call, you've got a responsibility towards the work and the way and the will of God. And you've got to develop that. You've got to equip yourself. You've got to get into places where you're receiving more word, where you're applying what you learned. That's how you develop. You apply what you learned. And I've given a beautiful message this morning. It's been pretty good. I, I hope so. It's from God. But if you go and apply it, then you're developing your calling. And then we're making a difference. Too many people come to church and don't do anything with the message. It stays right at the door when they leave. That's not what you come here for. You, 
You can't come to appease a religious spirit in you. You come because you want to become better version of who you are currently and you want to go from glory to glory and you want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We can't become stagnant. We got to become people of change, changing into his image. So what's next? What is the next step? And I want to tell you this morning, the theme for the year is onward and forward, but I'm saying first upward. We can't go onward, we can't go forward unless we go upward. And I want to ask you, don't fade away. You need to step up and then step out. Don't fade away. We've got a good fight of faith to fight. We're in a battle, but you can't fight it from the wrong place in Christ. We need to break those rings of opposition in your life, and we need to get you to a place where you set free from the past, where you've left all that behind you, and you can live for the future. In 1 Timothy 1.19 from the message, it says it like this, keeping a firm grip on your faith and on yourself. After all, this is a fight that we're in. There are some you know who by relaxing their grip and thinking anything goes, have made a thorough mess of their faith. By setting up camp, by becoming complacent, by being disobedient, by not loving God fully, by not loving God's people, we've set up camp and you're making a mess of your faith. Man, I see a glorious future for you in the church. This church, God's church. But it's going to take people who are full of faith and have cast aside fear. Because this is what stops you from doing what God is asking you to do. This is why you mess up your faith, because you've got fear. I can't talk to people. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't either. But through Christ who's within me, I can do all things. You see, it's hope. It's, it says in Colossians, you the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. But we have to overcome our fear and we need to realize, I'm not going to make a mess of my faith. I'm stepping up. I'm coming out of from where I've been. I'm chucking that tent away and I'm going to ask the praise and worship team to come back. We sang that song, you know, I'm no longer a slave to fear. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. Well, that's the problem. You're standing on this bank. The promised land is just there, but you've got to take the step. You see, you can't be bound by fear of what if I fail? What if I don't say the right thing? What if they laugh at me? Those things are a hindrance. Those things are the tools of the devil to keep you from being a child of God. Those things you've got to overcome and say, I am not filled with fear. I'm filled with faith because I've stepped up. I'm equipped to step out, and I'm going to go touch God's people. This is the purpose of church, to touch others, to come into a place where we are effective fighting force because we are in a battle. And I'm not going to be on the side that loses. I'm on the side that is already victorious because I'm with Jesus and Jesus is in me and he's called me to touch his people and he's calling you this morning. Go and touch your people. So we've got to say no to fear and yes to faith. We've got to step up so we can step out. Amen. Okay, now that I've shocked some of you, 
Don't you want to run it by Natalie quick? Is that okay, Natalie? As most of you know, we celebrated Martin's graduation on Friday to heaven. And um, on Friday afternoon, sitting at home, getting so many WhatsApps and messages and calls, which was so awesome, I received most probably the best message ever. My liefste Tani, ek het vandag a vrou by haar egenootse graf sien staan en a ma by haar kindse graf sien staan. Haardbroken en leeg. En ek was witness hoe hulle al by hulle hande omhoog gelig het om die Heere te loof. Wanneer dinge by Tani rustiger gaan, kan ons gaan vir koffie. I need you to introduce me to your God. Ek en haar ma um, was voorgestel in mekaar dier alwein. Ons noem het ons, ek verkoop een alwein product, um, ons noem het ons bittersoet vriendskap. Ons stap al een lang pad saam, sy het ook dier kanker gegaan en alles. Sy stier die volgende dag vir my boodskap. Ek het gister so geheel toe, toe sê Jakob vir my, as Maarten sy dood, my kind by die Heere gaan uitkry, het hy nie verniet gesterf nie. Thank you. In my second testimony, our own daughter hasn't got a relationship with God. And um, my daughter-in-law came to me last night. She says, Mom, I need to tell you this. Jacqueline wants to know what time our service starts tomorrow. So our own daughter is also going to meet with Jesus. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for that. And what an apt way to end the service. From death comes life. But then today, some things are going to die in you. And you've got to realize, I've got to step up. Because God wants me to step out. Can we close our eyes? I want to ask, if you've been challenged this morning, and you've come to a realization, you have got a next step to make. And it's a step to be who God called you to be. It's a step of obedience to stop being complacent. It's a step to be who God called you to be. And he called all of us to be his hands, his feet, to be his love. If you realize that this morning and you want to own up to that, I'm going to ask that you stand up now, please. Thank you, Lord, for every single person standing and those who should be standing, Lord. And I thank you that this morning you've touched our hearts and you've made us realize there's more to this relationship than we thought. And we, Lord, now, as the body of Christ, commit to be in your hands, to be in your feet, to be in your spokesperson, to working on our relationship with you, Lord, to developing our character so we can fulfill our calling. Holy Spirit, just come down and anoint us afresh. Thank you for equipping us, for gifting us, and we thank you, Lord, at the opportunities you will now place before us. We can go and we can announce the King of Kings is coming and he loves you. And he wants to take you with him. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for loving us as we are. Not seeing us as a failure, Lord. 
but seeing the potential which you have placed in us. To you be the glory now and forever, Lord. Amen. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.